shit talking about JV. That's what this episode's about. He's on here. <laughs> We're just gonna throw him under the bus as much as possible. Poor, poor Boggle. He just keeps He's used to it. Smoked by that bus. Pretty soon, him and that bus are just gonna start a relationship together. They've been so intimate. He's been underneath that bus so many. Th- oh my God, JB's a bottom. <laughs> Doesn't take much. <laughs> well, I mean, he's sli- kinda, it'd be kind of weird for him to slip- be the top. He's slippery, though. He's small. If you put him under bottom, he'll just. Welcome to this week in MTG with your host Matt Olson. JB and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode number 73 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts. I'm Matt Olson. Over there we have Danny Oakstead. What's up? And we're missing the janky boggle, JB. He never came out of his hole. Nope. He, he's uh, he's doing his boggly things. Maybe when he uh, when he comes out, you know, there'll be uh, a new deck that he brewed. I know he made the the shout out on the Facebook to uh, for for people to give him ideas on what to brew and stuff. I was gonna say it's, it's another six weeks of winter when he comes out. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! He's our little groundhog. Uh, JB the groundhog. Is that a promotion? I don't know, is it? We'll have to figure that out. You ask Tom Hanks. <laughs> if we could get Tom Hanks on here. Good luck with that. Oh my God. I'm just going to send him an email. What's the worst that could... He'll say no, don't answer. Worth a shot. Be like, hey, three schmucks with microphones that talk about a, car- a children's card game would like to just have you on for, for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he talks into in-character voices, not his own. I'm pretty sure that would be a hard new. <laughs> you don't know. Do, do do actors appreciate doing that kind of stuff? Just like pro bono kind of a thing? Like this, I don't think we could pay. Yeah. I, I imagine there would be some sort of like compensation needed for something like that. We don't, we don't make any money on this podcast. I'm, I'm sure if you found the right one, they'd do it. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll put out the call. Find, find a popular uh, celebrity big enough. Uh, John Gordon Lovett, Lovett, very handsome short guy. I can't remember movies that he's been in. No idea. He plays magic. Okay. John John Gordon Love Love Gordon Love John Gordon Love. I think I know who you're talking about, but I don't know his name. He has like four names. Yeah, I I know. That's <laughs> why it's hard to remember, and I don't know people. John Love. That one right there. John Lovett? It's not John Lovett. It's not that guy. Nope. Not him. Uh, John Gordon Lovett. Yeah, this guy. Joseph Gordon Lovett. Ah, I was close. Joseph Gordon Lovett. He plays magic, apparently. Hmm. Okay. So be- anyway, before we, should... we deviate further from this podcast, I was, I was about to say, let's uh, not nip visit this early, in it. not even past our our categories of speakage or 
talking points. Nope, haven't even got that. We just introduced ourselves here, and then we go off on trying to find celebrities. We want to thank our amazing sponsor, J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in the West Acres Mall in Fargo, North Dakota. They have all your magic products that you could want. They got Keldheim pre-orders going on. Make sure to hit them up if you want that to get your... Uh, to get your set booster box, your draft booster box, your theme boosters, your collector boosters all pre-ordered, be there for you. Order those. Not only do they have magic cards, but they also have your playmats and sleeves and dice that you want. But aside from that as well, they have D&D books, they have Pokemon cards, they have sports cards. It's in their name. I don't know like how, how big of a crossover our listeners have of Pokemon and sports cards, but D&D seems to be a thing. Uh, for 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 some of our listeners, well, yeah, same company, same parent company, just different branches. And don't worry if you are not in or in or from the FM area, JDubs will ship all across America. Words are hard, guys. Words are hard. So let's give you a breakdown of how this episode is gonna go. Without the boggle here, the homework was not done. It was kind of a last minute thing of him. Not being here. Typical boggle. So we don't have the event results or upcoming events. Uh, we can quickly at least find out what the FNM and home is. We can quickly find that when we get to that part, but we'll do that. And then move over to the new section where we start off with some blog togs. Talk about Keldheim, which is getting released this week. Bunch of news on that. There's a magic comic that just got signed to happen. Nice. Uh, new people in the Commander CAG, and then the State of Arena got got its update. Then from there, we talk about the finance section, and then after that, I brewed up a deck, and I just really want to talk about it. And so for the deck of the week, it's a it's a it's a Matt special. Sounds good. I'll just let you talk about it. Perfect. Well, I think you're definitely going to be putting your two cents in on this. It has like one of your favorite cards from Keldheim, one that you were excited about. All the world tree? No, not that one. Thought you put that one in there. Uh, no, it, it was in there. It is in there. It, but the the main card is little teaser in search of greatness. Okay, it's pretty it's pretty sweet actually. And uh, when I've goldfished it, and we'll talk about that when we get there. So, boggle desk. Here we are. I am not JB, your boggle for the boggle desk, but I I, I will try. Like I said, the upcoming. FNM at home is Keldheim. P- play Keldheim, it looks like. Hold on. Do, do, do. Get ready to stitch this together. Cole. Yeah, just Keldheim release. Play any any amount of Keldheim on, online. And then you can submit that for your FNM submission. Make sure when you submit that to your LGS, make sure you submit that screenshot of you doing the FNM at home. And then you'll get a code for some awesome in-game rewards. Sure. But that's the events <laughs> we got for y'all. Super quick. That was like almost like we didn't do it. <laughs> so from there, pass it over to Danny with a blog tog or two. I got a couple. The first one I found like right away last week, like literally the time you gave it to me. So it's a little bit longer one. Uh, this one comes from Jade Phoenix 13 asks, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the rune mechanic. 
It's a cool idea, but it seems like a lot of stars need to align in order for the novel part, putting an aura on an enchantment or an equipment, to actually happen in the game of Magic. Given the relatively low power level of the cards, it seems unlikely it will happen very often. Is it really worth spending comp- um, complexing points on a mechanic that feels des- uh, designated to never actually get used? There are other examples of this, but they're usually way cooler. Sorry about the the, the stutters or the, the gaps, I should say. This is really hard to read, guys. Words are hard. Words are hard. Anyway, Mark replies, There are a lot of assum- uh, pre-assumptions to your questions that aren't true, so let's start there. 1. You seem focused on constructed. Runes will, ne- will, runes will see the most play in limited, where there is much higher chance of equipment getting used and showing up. 2. You seem focused on competitive, p- competitive play. Runes might not show up in high-level tournament play, but that is a tiny amount of constructed play. Most constructed play is casual, and that is more driven by players, of by what players think would be fun than what is going to up their win percentage. Number three, you seem to think runes are complicated. They are they are a little wordy, but I don't believe they're going to confuse players more than most mechanics. How they work is pretty straightforward. Mark goes on. All that said, I don't know whether or not runes will work out, but it seems a decent stab at something players would have complained about had we not done it. When doing something flavorful, it is often important the possibility of the things exist more than the probability of happening frequently. Players are um, comforted by the knowledge of something could happen, even if it doesn't happen a lot. I still stand by the hashtag of words are hard. Very true. Hopefully, this next next blog talk isn't as complicated for me to read as the last one, even though I've picked them all out. I just want to say, runes and artifact equipment—it's a thing in standard. There's a lot of low drop equipment artifacts that you can rune up to if you don't have a creature. So, yeah, it's just a different way to build a deck. You know, yeah, I think- you're you're definitely getting away from the creature heavy. Like most people, yeah, it's just kind of like going up on Voltron. It just it shows it's a rune shows that it could be enchanted to a creature if you got a creature out or an artifact. Yep, which will you know save you still get the ability of the enchantment on the artifact that would be on the creature, even though the creature got removed. Yep, exactly. Shadow Spear is a card, y'all. Skyclave pickaxe, both those. So the second block side of the week comes from the following the magic. They asked, can you confirm the white draw experiments are in Strix Haven? Either way, I'm super excited for the set. Mark replies, I know at least one is with a smiley face. Woo, that's exciting. So we have a slight early uh, spoiler from Mark himself. But what's going to be in Strix Haven? White c- card draw experiments. So... There's a white card that draws cards. I mean, yep. There's a couple of them, uh, Boros specifically. So we don't know if like Mark Rosewater is referring if a white card is like a Boros card or if it's so a, a mono white, yeah. right? But either way, white skin some sort of uh, draw. Be prepared, y'all. So from that, let's jump into uh, some Keldheim stuff. Keldheim. 
pre-release is happening this weekend. If you guys are able to participate in it at all, uh, preferably via, well, I mean, only via webcam, spell table, magic is the way to be going with that. Go get yourself some pre-release packs from whatever LGS is near you. If you're from the Fargo area, J-dubs, shameless plug. (laughs) Got that happening. Also this week, there is the Arena Mobile coming out on the 28th. Yep. We're going to cover more of that uh, later in the episode in the state of the game, but just state that here, the 28th. I know I'm downloading it. Did you check to see if your phone is compatible? Yep. Nice. Well, then we'll have uh, Danny do live reviews and stuff. Gonna... Because I'll probably be in the hospital. <laughs> You're going to be bored while you sit there. That's why I'm getting Arena on my <laughs> phone. So I'm not bored. And then, then you can... But I'll be in the hospital, so I can't do any live reviews. You can tweet. Eh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know how long it's been since I've been on Arena? Forever. Oof. That, that is... It is something. I've been playing Minecraft. I have no time for Arena. Ooh. I want to play some Minecraft this week so bad. Minecraft and Call of Duty. That's what I've been playing. Also, with Keldheim getting released, the release notes are out on their on magic.wizards.com. Article by Matt Tabak. It is a lot to go through. It goes over the rules and interactions of all the keyword, new mechanics, uh, foretell, boast, and then tell you about uh they tell you about the subtype rune as well and then other random card interactions it is a super long in-depth read if interested links down below yep yep and then i guess gonna or you want to do the kelheim product i realized like it was at the bottom and i moved it up oh, and i changed fine. the color coordinated we could bit of it all right or do you just want to go back and forth yeah let's just do back and forth okay so anyways, uh, the Kelham product review has been put out by uh, Ari Zerk. I'll, I'll just say Ari Z because I just don't want to butcher his last name or their last name. So in this article that we'll have posted below, it's filled with a bunch of needed information and information that you didn't think you'd want. Um, so let's start off with uh, the set boosters again will be brought out. Um, they gave a description of what's going to be in each set booster. Um, as follows, uh, each set booster is going to have one snow land. So it can be basic or dual with possibly foil. It's going to have one rare or a mythic rare. Again, can be showcase or borderless. They're going to have one snow common or uncommon. Showcase on common or exclusive rare. Um, they say see below. Uh, we'll do that. And they're going to have one foil card of any rarity. Can be show- showcase or borderless. One non-foil card of any rarity. Can be showcase or borderless. Seven commons and uncommons. One art card. Uh, one in 20 of those are foil stamps. Uh, and one add card or card from the list. The list. So, for the first time, Kelheim contains 20 cards, 5 rares, 15 uncommons, and that can be found exclusively in set boosters and theme boosters. 
can also find r- the rares and collector boosters, and a handful are included in commander decks. These cards are geared for casual play, but are 100% legal and standard. Um, set boosters are available individually or in booster displays of 30 packs. Each display purchase may be eligible for one of those awesome buy a box promos. Ask your store. Now, it looks like the buy a box promo is going to be a Realm Walker uh, with an alt art. Uh, so, Realm Walker is a two colors, one green shapeshifter cha- with changeling. As Realm Walker enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. It's a 2 3 non legendary creature. Seems pretty good. Art looks good, and this is just going to help stitch in tribal decks a lot nicer. Giant tribal, love to have a realm walker. Any tribal. To the information that you didn't think that you needed. (laughs) Within this article, they have brought up the rejected realms of Kelheim. Rejected realm number one is Hunfeld. A realm where warriors ride giant dogs into battle. Each dog is extremely cute and your best friend in the entire multi-universe. This concept was eliminated due to the outcry of the cat lovers' contingency. Those damn cats. Watsy has jokes. (laughs) That he does. So you going over the draft? Yes. Uh, So next, the construction of the draft booster box in a pack you get one rare or mythic rare three commons 10 or three uncommons 10 commons one snowland basic or dual a token slash add card and then one in three packs have one common card replaced by a foil of any rarity it's also possible that one or more of these cards can be replaced by a showcase or borderless and then the rejected realm number two is metagard Watsy with more jokes. A realm where disputes are not solved through conflict, but through a collectible card game called Magic the Gathering, whose newest set release was about Vikings. Rejected for obvious reasons. Wah, wah, wah. And with the collector boosters for this set, uh, we're going to see a lot of crazy art, especially all that metal art. Like their pack themselves has uh, the hammer electrified with the uh, rock art. Which is freaking sweet. Yes. Uh, so with the collector boosters, they will come with one foil showcase, foil boilers, or foil extended art rare or mythic rare. One non-foil showcase, boilers rare or mythic rare. One foil rare or mythic rare. One non-foil extended art rare or mythic rare. One non-foil saga rare or mythic rare commander deck card or... Set theme booster rare, one showcase uncommon, uh, foil showcase uncommon, one non-foil showcase uncommon, one foil snow basic land, two foil uncommons, five foil common or snow dual, one foil double-sided token. So in total, you are guaranteed rares or mythic rares of five, 11 guaranteed foils, and five guaranteed alternative art frames. Whew. And realm number three that was rejected was Baldheim, a realm where no one has any hair. This concept was killed because it struck certain creatives too close to home. 
one one note on the collector boosters. Um, don't be don't be upset if you know your booster foils. All of them are you know curled like a taco, or a curly fry, or insert whatever curled thing that there is because Pringle. Yeah, the classic Pringle. It's trying to go other things. Pringles well, just they're, too they're just, Yeah, they're going to look like Pringles. So don't be <laughs> upset when you're spending $30 a pack and get Pringles. Unless they did, unless they decided to change their uh, cardboard quality or whatever, like they did address it. There was no notification on cardboard quality. I think the last time that they did that, it was after, it was before we started doing the, that, that we started doing the podcast. I think it was like with Dominaria. When that came out, there was like, they, but I, they but had, I thought that was the foil itself, not the actual cardboard. Well, they changed the cardboard, and that's where a lot of the foiling oh. got Well, I thought up. they changed the foiling process. That's yeah. what fucked everything up. But they let us know about that. I'm pretty sure there was an article back when they made a change like that, and we haven't got an article if Keldheim is going to have cardboard art or cardboard or foiling process changed. Hmm. So definitely be expecting curled cards. Anyway, that what's 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 next? Next, we have Theme Boosters. Theme Boosters make a return to Keldheim. These are a great intro-level product for more casual players looking to grab a bunch of cards that match a particular color or theme. Mm-hmm. You got six different Theme Boosters, one of each color, and a multicolored Viking Booster containing cards that really hit that Norse Viking feel. Just like Set Boosters, Theme Boosters may contain some of the same 20 special cards only available in a few places. Each booster contains 33 to 34 commons, uncommons, and 1-2 rares or mythics. Uh, Theme boosters can also contain uncommon showcase cards. Rejected Realm number 4. Tortjara. An infinite ocean with a single turtle floating in the middle of it. Rejected for being too political. Dang those turtles. Oh my god. Watsy with more jokes. Yup. And we have... Set Commanders, again. Um, just like Zendikar Rising Commander Legends, Kelhan releases two associated Commander decks. Each deck has eight new cards. That's more than Zendikar Rising and Commander. Um, comes with 100 cards, obviously one foil Commander, 99 foil cards, 99 non-foil cards, sorry, 10 double-sided tokens, and one life wheel. These decks are great for those who want to get into the format and try something new. So these are the new commanders. We have Elven Empire, Green Black 2 uh, for an Elf Noble, name of uh, Lathrell, Blade of the Elves. As Menace, whenever Lathrell, Blade of the Elves, deals combat damage to a player, create that many that many 1-1 one, one green Elf Warrior creature tokens. Tap, tap, 10 untapped Elves you control. Each opponent loses 10 life and you gain 10 life. That's brutal. Then we have Phantom Promotion. Uh, it's a blue-white 2. Ranar the Ever-Watchful. Spirit Warrior. Flying Vigilance. The first card you foretell each turn costs 0 to foretell. Whether you exile one or more cards from your hand and or permanents from the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. He is a 2-3. That is broken. That's very nice. Already broken. You get a, a zero mana for zero mana your first time each turn. Yep. Is there anything that allows you to foretell for, for zero? But it's like whenever you so whenever you blink one or more cards, you're gonna be getting 
uh, a flyer, which is super cool because anything that you blink, uh, th- the new Thassa or uh, just, Cloud Shift, I'm just thinking ephemerate. with Fortell, you can foretell your seven drops for free. The first oh, Fortell costs zero to Fortell. Yeah, and so instead of paying two, you don't do the Fortell cost. Well, I right? suppose yeah. is that is that my understanding of it? Judge, look at the release notes. <laughs> but either way, it's gonna get fine. You can foretell a lot of cards at the same time because one's free. I think I'm gonna pick up both commander decks. Yeah, you should before they skyward in price. Mm, yeah. Anyway, rejected realm number five, Stirtland, version one. The initial pitch of Stirtland involved the realm balancing precariously in the center of enormous giant's eye face. This has changed as the concept was seen as two on the nose. Should have been different. But um, bum. You should have worded that differently. But anyway, what do you mean? This was this was changed as the concept was seen two on the nose. Sounds right to me. Yeah, it's just words are hard for me. Leave me alone. So, uh, hey, Matt, what's what's new with the bundles? Ooh, the bundles. So they're perfect for players who want to grab a whole bunch of cards with some extra goodies. You get 10 draft boosters, 20 foil basic lands, not snow, 20 non-foil basic lands, not snow. You don't get snow lands in these. Sorry, people. You get one bundle exclusive art promo, one exclusive oversized spin down, and then you get the box. It's a lie, Matt, because you technically could get Snowland in one of your packs. Yeah, but it's not in the. the yeah, it's not within their. They have specific packs. packs. Yeah, but, but I'm that, saying you can technically get a Snowland in one of your packs. It's just not guaranteed. Yep. So the the spin down die, they have a picture of it. I know we mentioned it on the podcast before, but it is a gold die with their with the the Keldheim ethereal aether blue on the numbers and the Keldheim symbol and it's like Norse knots and stuff it looks really cool I know I'm gonna probably pick up a handful of either the bundles because I like that (laughs) I like getting cards as well or I'll just buy the die a bunch of them yeah I think those dies are pretty expensive and and since they're in the bundle, they're the oversized, so they're not like you know they've been yeah. doing that the last couple sets where they have oversized, uh, you know, spin down twenties. Yeah, and it looks so good that it does. Rejected realm number six, Keldrime, a realm where everyone spoke in rhyming verse. This was a neat idea, but was removed because it seemed really hard to write, and writers are lazy. Writers are so lazy that brackets. Finish joke later. Close brackets. Well, I mean, they are they are making good meta-related jokes. That they are. And last, uh, for the packs, we have the pre-release pack. Well, it's more than you're likely you won't be able to attend an in-store this year. Many stores still have them available for at home. Um, so you can just get on spell table with your friends and play some cards. In these uh, pre-release packs, you're going to get six draft boosters, one foil dated rare or mythic rare, one MTG arena code, one spin die, and one reusable box with divider. And the last but not least, rejected realm number seven, Vacation Helm. This peaceful realm tucked away in the farthest branch 
branches of the world tree is where Emrakul went when she needed to stretch out her tentacles and relax. It has beautiful beaches and great score on all the multiverse vacation websites. Unfortunately, this realm was discarded because my ties aren't fancy enough. I'm shaking my head. They did it. They did it. That they did. Also, quick note: the spin down dice in, die in the uh, pre release packs. They are not the same spin down die that you get in the uh, Keldheim bundle. Yep. And next in the news, if we have any Australia or New Zealand listeners, according to magic.wizards.com, fortunately, due to shipping issues over the holiday period, there has been delays to Keldheim tabletop products, which will disrupt upcoming pre-release events scheduled for January 29th in Australia. In the best interest of players and stores, we have decided to reschedule the Keldheim pre-release in Australia from January 29th and combine it with the Keldheim official release the weekend of February 5th. Please be aware that New Zealand has not been affected and will proceed with their pre-release as scheduled on January. Furthermore, the following Keldheim tabletop products have been delayed for both Australia and New Zealand. These products will not be available until sometime in February. We will share more information on these products as their availability becomes clear. Collector boosters, theme boosters, and bundles. We appreciate your patience and understanding as we work through these issues to supply fans and stores as soon as possible. So, uh, yeah, New Zealand, they're still getting their pre-release. Australia is getting their pre-release rolled back a week, but both of them are going to have delays on collector boosters, theme boosters, and bundles. That sucks. But on a happier note, Magic the Gathering turns to comics in April 2021. A new magic saga begins with attempted murder, most foul. So if you if you enjoy the lore and the characters of the Magic Gathering as much as the game itself, then you'll be pleased to hear the long-running franchise is returning to the comic book arena in 2021. Publisher Boom Studios has struck a new deal with Wizards of the Coast and parent company Hasbro to produce a new line of the Magic the Gathering comics, beginning with an ongoing monthly series simplified titled Magic. Magic's creative team includes writers Jed Mackay, Black Hat, artist Ig Gura, I think? Gura? Guerrera. 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 Ghost Spider, Colorist, um, Ariana um, Consani, and write a letterer Ed Ducks, um, Dukesire. You can and you can get an exclusive first look at the covers to Magic Number One and Guerrero's character design in the slideshow gallery below. We will have this linked below. Uh, the series opens in the realm of Ravnica, whose plant planet-sized city is rocked by assassins attempting attempts against three guild masters, Ralzerk, Vraska, and Kaya. The trio will be forced to put aside their differences and travel to the plane of Zenkar to hunt the assassins. Boom is a ten, um, Boom is teasing a climatic showdown with major with the major Magic the Gathering character. Wow, words are hard, guys. So twenty five years ago when I was digging through the commons on Commons bin to build my first deck, I would never have thought that one day I could be handed the reins with a Magic the Gathering comic, but here we are, said McKay, and publishes press release. 
I'm extremely psyched to be digging into the worlds of magic and all that entails. And can't wait for all of you to see what we've been cooking up for you. It's been amazing to be able to tell a story in the universal game I've been playing for over 20 years. I battled the Affinity deck. I watched the Frexian take over um, Morden. Meridian? Matt, what's the name? Weren't you following along? Meridian. God. Quit looking at the funny pictures. Just because they're pretty colors. God. So, I battled the Affinity deck, watched the Frixians take home Mirrodin, said um, Gerardo. I was actually finishing a new commander deck with the propo- when the proposal came, as you can imagine, just how excited I am to working on this series and bringing this world live for fans everywhere. The Magic franchise has been made has made its home at several different comic books, comic book publishers over the year. Most recently, the IDW Publishing released several Magic the Gathering limited series between 2011 and 2018. Magic number one will be released April 2021. The issue features cover art by Medito Scolara, Black Science, with variant covers by Gura, um, Inhuk Lee, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, um, and Jagoon Yon, Seven Secrets. The first issue also features a series of Hidden Planeswalker variant covers by artists Miguel Mercado, um, known for Mighty Morphin, um, Taj Tenfolds, Abbott, and Meg- Magdalena Paguasca, the library of something I have no idea. I'm sorry, guys. Matt, do you want to butcher that name? Esoterica. There we go. Each spotlighting a different iconic ma- magic character. Additionally, Boom will also will offer a magic pack collector bundle that includes the main cover of variant exclusive variant by Merca Adolfo Mercury, Merc- uh, Mercury, one of the hidden Planeswalker covers, and a blank sketch cover. It's pretty good. This is just the latest big release in the Magic Gathering line. Recently, we learned Met Wizards of the Coast is releasing a series of cards painted by none other than PBS mainstay Bob Ross and other cards may be added to the Magic Gathering arena in the near future. We also learned Dungeons & Dragons will be getting its own Magic the Gathering set in quarter 3, 2021. Beyond the card game itself, Magic is headed to Netflix as Avengers Endgame directors Joe and Anthony Russo are overseeing a new animated series. Several Magic players among the IGN staff weighed in on why this adapt, um, adaptation is such a big deal. So we'll have that article posted because that was a lot of words. Um, and I suck at words. And then you get to see the concept arts of the characters. Yep. Um, of Vraska, Ral, Kaya, and uh, Don't, Jace. don't, don't. No, I was going to say, don't put his name out there. Because you don't know, maybe he's the guy that they, they have to worry about. But, but 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 he's in the cover. Well, let them look at it. Okay, if they're look, not going to look at it, then they're not going to know about it. I'll bleep that part out. Look, yeah, you better. Link, link in the description to see the art for this. Yes. But it is sick art, though. So next in the news, we have an update from the Commander RC. Their 2021 January update by Sheldon Menry. No changes in cards, but there is a rules clarification for rule number 11 parts of abilities which bring other cards 
card or cards you own from outside the game into the game, such as Living Wish, Spawn Sire of Ulamog, Karn the Great Creator, do not function in Commander. We've had some questions about Karn the Great Creator's negative two ability and whether the parts of it that don't refer to outside the game work. They do. So we added a couple words to remove any ambiguity from the rule. The goal is to set the default space for outside the game to empty and let playgroups choose amongst themselves if they want to fill it with anything. So official rule standing, which is just, yeah, it's just to clarify, wishes don't work in, in Commander. No. But uh, it, it does allow you. You know, play groups make make the rules amongst yourselves. What's well, a tabletop game? Yep. Next, there is an administrative section. They are there is an expansion of the commander advisory group, the CAG. The commander advisory group continues to be the best idea we've ever had. The passionate and insightful advice we've gotten from them on a broad range of commander related topics has been invaluable. We'd like more of that. To end. We will be expanding the size of the keg. For now, we're adding four people who represent some of the marvelous voices filling out the commander course. Uh, Jim LaPage is well known for his community building and keen magic mind. Another sharp magic brain, Rachel Weeks, is also the co-host of the Commander Sphere podcast and graphic artist who has been a frequent guest in the Commander RC Twitch stream. Daquan Watson is a longtime magic community advocate and activist who hosts the Color of Magic podcast. And then finally, U.S. Army Major Greg Sablin, who we've been chatting with for more than a year now, represents the vast global military commander community. You can everyone you can find everyone's full bios in this link there. We have we are excited to have them on board and happy to have their help taking the format into the future. There's still work to be done and room for a few more seats in the CAG. We're aware that we still have underrepresented demographics and locations. You can expect our efforts to search for, find, and amplify great voices around the world to continue both for the CAG consideration and to further foster the values of our great commander community. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty pretty clean, simple with that one. Not else to expand on. Not really. But then we move along to the State of the Arena from January. Brought to you by the Wizard of the Coast. Starts off with uh, Forge Your Legends. You've seen the cards. You've learned the mechanics. You've read the story. And starting next week, you'll be able to brave the cosmos and travel the realms, seeking glory in battle. And for some of you, reliable cellular service. Our upcoming January game update brings a highly anticipated Viking-inspired playing of Kelheim to Magic MTG Arena, and it brings MTG Arena to the uncharted realms of Pants Pockets, Couch Potatoes, and socially distanced public transit. As with all sagas, it is a tale told over time, and today our story begins with a card set. Kelheim on MTG Arena... Uh, Kelheim will see the return of familiar mechanics like sagas and module dual-faced cards and new to MTG Arena super type Snow and two brand new mechanics, Foretell and Boast. Uh, and with Arena, the snow-covered basic lands and also just Arena Magic itself, 
and what everyone's been waiting for, Magic goes mobile. So Yay. what's so what's better than proving your worth and forging your legend as you unleash the power of Kalheim to save the world tree from chaos? Proving your worth and forging your legend as you unleash the power of Kalheim to save the world cheese world tree from chaos in the comfort and privacy of your privy. Starting January twenty eighth, all the magic and all the magic of Kelheim will fit into the palm of your hand. The important stuff. Android Early Access will begin on January 28th, 2021 with the release of Kelheim. Additional low-spec Android devices, iOS, and tablet support will be coming later this year. Same account, same collection, cross-platform play. Still have questions? Head over to our dedicated mobile FAQ to find answers. Uh, so a little bit of gameplay overview. Um, so uh, let's start with the most important part. Playing Magic. We have various adjustments to the battlefield layout to balance playing on the smaller and slightly more rectangular aspect ratio that mobile devices use, such as changing the size and location of player avatars. Gameplay is very similar to what you see on the desktop, but with um, ablet with touch controls. For example, when terminating your opening hand, you tap the respective button to keep or mulligan, and if you choose the latter, you tap to select and drag cards to your library from your hand. Tapping each res- um, respective zone, graveyard, library, exile, etc., will bring up a browser w- which will allow you to inspect any known cards as well as to see the current number of cards in the zone. We recommend playing a few bot matches against Sparky to familiarize yourself with some of the controls and layout differences. So cards in hands, casting spells, and you. Periodically during the match, your hand will appear tucked to give you a better view of the backfield. Tapping the cards in or your opponent's hands will fan them out, making them easier to read and select. Tapping and holding a card allows you to see it in detail, like mousing over a card while playing on the desktop. Tapping the backfield will tuck them away once more. There's also automatic tuck and untuck behaviors where the game will do the work for you. Our goal was to make it feel relatively natural once you start playing with it. However, you always have the option to tuck or expand your hands as you deem fit. Mana can be added to your mana pool manually, or you can take advantage of the auto-tap feature. Tap and hold to select a card, then drag it over the battlefield to cast it. Um, During the combat phase, you select the creatures you wish to attack by tapping them. When declaring blockers, tap your creatures and tap the creature you wish to block or tap and drag from your from your creature to the creature you wish to block. And it's a few additional gameplay settings to tap your avatar to use emotes and view your time, timeouts or select and hold your avatar to enable or dis, disable the full control. Tap your opponent's avatar if you wish to mute them or see their timeouts. With ac- When ackable, an arrow labeled undo will appear at the top of your top right of the screen that you can tap to undo certain actions. Additional gameplay options are available under setting menus, which you can access by tapping the cog wheel on the top right. Deck building. Viewing your deck, your collection and deck building is very similar to the experience on desktop, with the previously mentioned changes for touch controls. You swipe left or right to browse through your collection, tap cards to add or remove them from your main deck, tap the sideboard button to toggle between your deck and sideboard. So a lot of tapping on tapping just with your fingers. So it looks like a lot of the functions are the same as your computer. 
just obviously miniaturized. And use your fingers. Yep. Just make sure. And if and if you'd have to just get a stylus, it might be easier. If you don't have a Ooh. note note or something like that. Smart idea. Um didn't even think about probably that. Probably be a little bit easier for you. Um There's the idea. Those out there that design products or have like a three D printer, print off some magic themed styluses. There you go. There we go. Uh so moving along to our developer roadmap. Coming soon. Um, it's Kabelheim, obviously, and the Android Early Access. Um, in development, we have Historic Anthology 4, iOS support, tablet support, mini-spec Android launch, and Strixhaven. So hopefully all that's by, what, the end of the year? Uh, Should be. In development, stuff that comes out in the next couple months. Strixhaven comes out in April or May, I think, is when it gets released. So I imagine sometime between now and then, there's a good chance for Historic Anthology, iOS support, tablet support, and the MinSpec Android launch. Should all be out. Hopefully. Knock on wood. Yeah, hopefully. Um, And in concept, we have Pioneer Masters. Woo! So I feel I feel this justifies my crazy tinfoil hat theory that Historic and Pioneer are getting ever so closer to just be one format. I don't know. Probably not. But anyways, uh, <laughs> also in concept, we have Collection Interface Improvements, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, Deck Sharing, and Play Blade Rework. Uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. I don't... Uh, that's, that's the D&D set. And yep. the Playblade rework. I don't know what Playblade is. Neither do I, and they don't have anything to follow up with that. Let's do a quick Google Play Blade rework. So there are they are in concept phase of reworking the Playblade. So I think we can also work on improving Arena. I would like some of this. Oh, without scrolling. What do you think? So I'm I'm assuming the Playblade just has to do with their play models for the weekly yeah. tournaments and events. That's what it looks like. Yeah. That's what it look, yeah. Question answered. Thank sort you, Reddit. Of, sort of answered. <laughs> I think more questions were added to the pile. Um, but anyway, sticking with our routine, we did not. We did want to take a moment to update our roadmap for the first part of 2021. As you could probably guess, most of our development right now is focused on bringing Magic the Arena to mobile devices. In addition to this, we are also planning a record number of card set releases with five standard sets planned for 2021, in addition to continued support for Historic. The year ahead, while you're off to a big start, it's just the beginning. In addition to these major milestones, you can also expect bug fixes, quality of life improvements in the weeks and months ahead. So, forge your legends, raise your axes, the saga is only beginning. So make sure the pack. Make sure to pack a phone charger. Kelheim and Android Early Access will be arriving next Thursday or this Thursday, January twenty eighth on Magic the Arena. Keep an eye on our status page for the latest information on maintenance times and follow us at MTG Arena for the latest updates. Not soon enough. Tune in to some of your creative contact creators as they immortalize their deeds in song and story over at Kelheim Early Access event on January twenty seventh. I'm excited to watch uh, the Disorganized Wizards Club early access stream that they got going on. They already dropped a list of five decks that they're going to be playing that day. So, Oh, really? Yeah. 
that they they haven't built them, but you know they conceptualize them and post them online. Yep. So I think that brings us to I think one of your favorite and JB's, but he's obviously not here. Sections of this week in MTG podcast. The finance section. The up. As always, the finance section is brought to us by the amazing website, mtgstocks.com, where every Friday they have an amazing article called The Weekly Winners, where they talk about three cards that have seen significant price increases, at least enough to note to us, and then also three cards that have seen a significant decrease. So people that are looking to get them cards, they can get them. So... Keldheim has been fully spoiled and the brewing can commence. The past week of spoilers has had effect on some card prices, but we also seen a movement on 93-94 cards uh, that continue that uh, was we're going to continue to talk about from last week. First card, we have Oppression. Black Black 1 Enchantment. Whenever a player casts a spell, that player discards a card. This came out in Urza's Saga. It is seeing a 335% increase, now sitting at $47. Opposition has had another printing in 7th edition, and that also jumped up. Uh, but as of today, the the market price on the card is $15. The 7th edition is also about 15 bucks. Says here, it will not surprise you that cards have been going up because of Keldheim, and opposition is no ex- uh, exception. Turgrid, God of Fright, which is the Black Black 3 4 5 god with menace, when an opponent sacrifices a non token permanent or discards a permanent card, you may put that card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. The back half, not important with this. So that card was spoiled, hard to miss the pow- powerful interaction that it has with opposition. So this is just one of those ways to help get continuous discarding effects. That way it just really synergizes with Turgrid and uh, specifically EDH. I, also, I, the, I, I think Nick, you started to want a good friend. I mean, Turgard, yeah, because when they discard in the wheels, like uh, this was a card that I was already looking forward to. Yep. Any wheel effects are going to be, yeah, Nekusar for sure. What other, is there any other black wheel style decks? Like you got, um, I guess Vile Smasher decks and Caravix style decks. And they, they wheel occasionally, but not really because you really need blue to wheel. Hmm. But next on the list, we have Whim of Volrath. A single blue instant speed with buyback of two. So you may pay an additional two colorless or two generic as you cast a spell. If you do, put the card back in your hand as it resolves. So you can change the text of target permanent by replacing all instances of one color word with another one. Or one basic land type with another one until end of turn. They give an example. You may change non-red creature to non-green creature or planeswalk to Swamp Walk. This card only had one printing in Tempest. It has seen a 310% increase now at $24. But as of today, Monday, the market price is still $8. Average price is $21. So it looks like it's a potential spec buyout. 
but the article here has a quick little paragraph about it. Another spike because of Keldheim, and this time it's because of Orval, the all form. And Orvar, or Orvar, bleh, words are hard. Yeah, they are. Orvar, the all form, is blue three, legendary creature shapeshifter, three three, with changeling. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, if it targets one or more other permanents you control, create a token that's a copy of one of those permanents. And then it has a second ability of when a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard this card, create a token that's a copy of target permanent. Now, the interaction may not be directly obvious, but being able to have a recurrable buyback cheap spell to target your permanents and make copies of them at instant speed is quite nice. Two and a blue for a copy of your Blightsteel Colossus seems pretty good. Interesting. They are some kind of crazy, too. Yep. Next, we have the classic Shivan Dragon, which is Red Red 4. For a 5-5 five, five dragon with flying, you pay a red. Shivan Dragon gets plus 1, plus 0 until end of turn. The specific card in question, because this has had a bunch of reprints, yep. is the third edition printing of it. It has jumped up 268%, now setting at $31. In last week's article, Peter already discussed the old cards are going up, and we mainly see the classics gaining value cards popular in the format 93 94 seem to be going up quickly and this does not seem limited to reserveless cards birds of paradise is another card that has jumped up 172 percent from uh third edition earlier it's now 45 dollars wrath of god same year jumped up 19 percent at 16 dollars soul ring jumped up 28% at $18. Armageddon jumped up 19% at $7. These are just cards that are not on the reserve list. And then there's shows some graphs below of some other, uh, of, of a reserve, couple reserve. And then there's a graph of some other cards that they want to talk about here. Fork is one. It's jumped up 371%. It's red, red. For an instant that reads... Copy target instant or sorcery spell, except that copy is red. You may choose new targets for the copy. This one is a reserve list card. Ice Cauldron, Bobble Matrix, Memory Chart, reserve list card, Wheel of Fortune, reserve. Holy crap. Yeah, Matt, your Wheel of Fortune is worth some money. Nah, the market price is still low. The fact that the average price is $991 just means that it's potential speculative buyout. But yeah, I got myself, I got myself one of those. Or someone just priced it really high. Yes. Yeah, someone priced it at well over $2,000. Or $1,909.75. Jesus, I got a brain geyser as well. But yeah, a little graph down there for some more cards. If interested, please click the link to check them out. Now, Danny, do you want to do... I'll take over for JV's okay. spot. Boom. Give us them. It's not sweet. big shoes to fill or anything, but uh, give I'll, them I'll, sweet I'll give cheap it. pickups. So to start off this week, or let's go, let's talk into the mic. That uh, helps. To start off this week for cheap pickups, we have Engineer Explosive sitting at three dollars and twenty four cents. This card's very low for a card that used to be a hundred dollars. Thank um, you, Double Masters, for the reprint. Right, with an X cost of Sun Artifact for Sunburst. Tap two, sacrifices, deal, destroy each non-land permanent 
with the preferred mag cost equal to cost equal to the number of charge counters on engineer explosive. Uh, then we have Brazen Bauer, twelve dollars and six cents record loan trending down. That card used to be pretty high. Yeah, people loved it. People were saying it's the best uh, one of the best blue cards that we got for a long time. Yep, still powerful. It's good to know that it's moving down though. Yep. And then we have Rings of Brighthearth sitting at six dollars, record low, and bottomed out. This is a card that was thirty bucks, and now it's six. Yeah, I should have sold it when I got it, the first one. I think I have like two or three of them now. They're good. I'll trade. I definitely need one. <laughs> nope. I'm not Damn. trading with you, Matt. Damn it. You know that. But that closes out the weekly winners for this week of Magic the Gathering. As always, if you guys are interested in picking up cards at cheaper prices or looking to sell cards at a higher price... We recommend using the amazing site TCG Sniper. You sign up for an account, you can list cards that you want to see move up or down in price, and you will get notified when they meet whatever parameter that you set of like moving up or moving down in price. And if you go over there, sign up for an account, and say that the guys, us guys, at This Week in MTG sent you, you will get three months of their plus membership for free. Totally worth checking out. So what you get is uh, 50, I think. You get 50 cards that you can add in, uh, that you can watch at one time. Yep. And in the free version, you get five. Yeah, very little. Yes. But, I mean, five is still enough. I had five for a while. And, you know, you just cycle through it. You work with what you got. It's still a very useful tool. Highly recommend you all checking them out. It's three months for free. If you don't like it at that point, you can cancel it and, you know, move on with your life. But go check them out. Now, to deck of the week, which is a, uh, like I said earlier, a matte special. With Keldheim coming out, there's a card in there that Danny liked, and when they released it, I liked as well, but I made a deck on it about it in Modern. The card in question is In Search of Greatness. Green, green enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may cast a permanent spell from your hand with converted mana cost equal to 1 plus the highest converted mana cost among other permanents you control without paying its mana cost. If you don't, scry 1. So just going to start off by saying the gist of this deck is to uh, get high CMC stuff out really quick. Ramp. Yeah. It's, it's mono green. Yeah, you have to. So we have four In Search of Greatness. We have four Leyline of Abundance, Green Green 2 Enchantment. If Leyline Abundance was in your opening hand, you reveal it and put it on the battlefield. And then it reads, whenever you tap a creature for mana, add an additional green mana. And then it has an activated ability of six, Green Green. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. So this is a way to get a free four CMC out on the battlefield super quick early game. And it helps your mana dorks, which I will read to you now, produce more mana and ramp you out quicker. We have four birds of paradise, a one green O one bird with flying and taps to add one mana of any color. And then you have four noble hierarch, green O one human druid with exalted. So when a creature you control attacks alone, that creature gets plus one, plus one till end of turn. And then it taps to add green, white, or blue. So if you have Leyline of Abundance with one of those mana dorks out, you're, they're tapping for two mana instead of one. Super important. 
another way to ramp out mana early game a card i kind of like a lot chancellor of the tangle green 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 four for a six seven beast you reveal this you may reveal this card from your opening hand if you do at the beginning of your first main phase add green it has vigilance and reach so how this is how this works chancellor chancellor of the tangle is if you have that in your opening hand and a forest and a search for greatness you can get a search for greatness out turn one i'll go more into some of the synergies here after i read a couple more cards but that's why that's there is to help get this in search for greatness out as soon as possible but it's still fine to draw later because you're going to be wrapping a crap ton and dropping a seven drop six seven is going to be very easy yeah next in some cool synergies here we have burning tree emissary hybrid hybrid gruel for a 2-2 human shaman when it enters the battlefield add red green to your mana pool this works really cool having you're going to need another green mana but this works very nice with in search of greatness because you do this you have another green mana and then you could cast search for greatness and this will be the trigger launching point to have search of greatness out and triggering to get a three drop don't have many three drops in here and that is uh, the three drops we have in here are Nissa Vastwood Seer, two and a green, for a legendary elf scout, two, two. When it enters the battlefield, you search your library for a basic forest, reveal it, put it in your hand, shuffle your library. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands, exile Nissa, then return it to the battlefield, transformed under their owner's control. And the flipped version is Nissa sage animist it's a planeswalker with three loyalty has a plus one of reveal the top card of your library if it's a land card put it on the battlefield otherwise put it in your hand has a neg two of put a legendary four four green elemental creature token name ashaya the awoken world onto the battlefield and then the ultimate is neg seven untap up to six target lands they become six six elemental creatures they're still lands there are four Beast Whisperers in here. Green, green, two for a 2-3 Elf Druid. Whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. There's a single Crater Hoof Behemoth. Five, green, green, green for a Beast 5-5 five, five with haste. When it enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain trample and plus X plus X till end a turn where X is the number of creatures you control. And the final creature to round it off is we have four Primeval Titans. Green, green, four, six, six, giant with trample. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, you search your library for up to two land cards, put them on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. And then rounding it off, we have four planeswalkers. Nissa, who shakes the world, which is going to be tapping all of your lands here for double, which is super nice. Uh, green, green, three for a five loyalty Nissa. Whenever you tap a forest for mana, add an additional green then it has a plus one of put three plus one counters on up to one target non-creature land you control. Untap it. It becomes a zero zero elemental creature with vigilance and haste. That's still a land. Has an ultimate of neg eight. You get an emblem with lands you control have indestructible. Search your library for any number of forest cards. Put them on the battlefield tapped. Then shuffle your library. So the real cool thing is if you start off with a ley line of abundance and are able to cast in search of greatness on turn one on turn two 
you can get Anissa who shakes the world in for free. And then your lands, you have Forest Forest, which will tap for four mana, and you can cast a four mana spell or, you know, anything less. Uh, you can cast your Beast Whisperer. You can cast your Nissa. You can cast Noble Hierarchs. But then the ramping is really fast. I've done a couple play tests with this. It works very well. I know it still needs some modifications and stuff. Like, the iterations of this, like, I did not have the Primeval Titans before. Uh, it was a recommendation on a Facebook group that I was in that I posted the list because, I don't know, like this, just because of In Search of Greatness, it's like, ah, I want something really good with this. And, uh, yeah, Primeval Titan was recommended, and because of that, that's helped a lot. In the lands, we have, I want to say, a Kessage Wolf Run, two Nykthos Shrine to Nyx, one Stomping Ground, three Castle Garenbrig, and 14 Snow-Covered Forests. I don't got a sideboard yet because, again, this is still a deck in work, but how fast you can drop so many things onto the battlefield is super cool. Yep. I don't know if this is like competitive worthy, but I feel there's something there because you get to cheat in things within search to greatness. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the thing though. If you don't get those, you're kind of as well. Not necessarily because like if you don't get an in search for greatness, you still can have a ley line of abundance yep. or a chancellor of the tangle, which will kind of ramp you out to drop, you know, uh, birds of paradise quicker, a noble hierarchy yeah, quicker. Suppose. So like you can ramp, still pretty fast and get out of primeval titan turn four or turn five a little little sooner a castle garenbrig will also get it out turn five if it goes like slowly enough but either way uh the downside to this is like it's it's very not interactive at the moment like i said this is like rough draft two of this list and i know yeah. things get can become different uh, Burning Tree Emissary is really cool, but that might get changed to something a little more... Mono green? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Something else. But just, yeah. The gold fishing, it has potential, I believe. And I just want to post it here and then get all your guys' input and stuff as well. Yep. Links down below. Let us know what you think. Let me Let me know what I'm doing wrong, what you think could be done better to this deck. Everything. But Danny... Oh my god, Danny, look at the time on this. Right? This is going to be a short episode for all of our listeners out there. Only because we didn't deviate like we always do with JB. Damn it, JB. This was the episode of throwing him under the bus. Now we need we need Mrs. Boglon for that again. No, she's busy. <laughs> well, thank you, Magic Folk, for making it to the end of this relatively quick episode of this weekend mtg your aggregate news source for all things magic the gathering go follow us on facebook twitter join the discord where you know you can talk to us all there uh see our tweets and our facebook posts i made a couple memes this last week i've been posting them up there trying to do a better job at doing social media and if you guys have questions, comments, concerns of any kind, give us feedback. We appreciate it. We are trying to be your guys' aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. Hit us up on those platforms. Or if you want, you can send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. A couple other things. We have a YouTube and we have a Twitch. We're expecting next week, I think, to probably be uh, live streaming on Twitch maybe. Oh, yeah? Yeah. See how that goes. If not next week, soon. Within the next like four weeks. 
some okay. somewhere in there is what what we're planning on. Got things set up. Maybe got to do a test, but be prepared. That's going to happen in YouTube. I got some of our old interview episodes posted up on YouTube, so subscribe to us on YouTube to watch that. If you know listening to a podcast on a podcast host is not your thing, if you want to listen to us on YouTube, do it up there. And to send love over to J-Dub Sports Cars and Gaming for sponsoring us. Let them know that they made a good choice of sponsoring this week in MTG. Or tell them how bad of a choice they did, but that's either, up to you. Either way, you do you. I guess this is the point also where either, we put either, the... Either way, we're getting people in his door. Yes. I guess it's the point as well where we just do the obligatory uh, comment rate review. We don't care if it's good or bad, just review us. Tell us what you think we did was wrong. It's, it's important. Be constructive with your criticism, y'all. Tell us how we fucked up, and we can improve. Just don't send mad emails. I read the emails. That's how I get some of the news now. Three weeks late. <laughs> but Danny, do you got anything else to add to this? Nope. Oh, man. What this a- was a short, simple, to-the-point episode. It was. And with that, we'll catch you all next week. See ya so weird for JB not saying bye. Bye.